Welcome into the Valley News Live Sports Overtime Podcast. We're back. We had a little bit of a delay. I spent some time selfishly off getting married in the fall. I know, that's on me. Uh, but And we also had to get some things figured out before we started the podcast up again. But we are back here. We're going to be back every week. We, we're out of regulation. We're bringing you more overtime on a weekly basis. Now, we're going to dive right into it. Obviously, the biggest aspect of uh, the week was Saturday's game between North Dakota State and UND. Anytime those two teams play, those are going to be the games we're focusing on. This week, they were playing each other. And we also saw quite an upset in that UND handing North Dakota State a 49-24 to loss. It's the most points the Bison have given up in a game since they got to the Division One level, and it comes against their in-state conference rivals. So a big win for UND as well. I'm going to bring in an expert on this because I wasn't able to make it up to Grand Forks on Saturday, but Valley News High Sports reporter Jack Wallace does. He's joining me now on Zoom on his day off. Uh, Jack, thanks for making time for me. I know we have a, uh, a very backloaded week this week. Normally I'd have you in on these early days, but uh, our week really picks up on Wednesday. And so I need you on Wednesday through the rest of the week. So we're going to do this a little bit uh, weird this way, but it'll be fine. Um, what You were out there uh, at the Alaris Center on Saturday. Kind of what were your biggest takeaways from that contest? It felt like it was a dogfight at the beginning, and then it really didn't feel like it was a close game at all the rest of the way. That's right, and thanks for having me back on here. I mean, it's always good to be back with it again. But um, And, and I'm going to kind of combine my takes here with the knowledge of the press conference afterwards because I know that we aired uh, the day of the game, the reactions that Coach Bubba Schweigert had, that Luke Skokna had, and then I also yesterday – included on uh, my Sunday night cast the a little bit of the reaction on the other side with both Matt Entz and also um, Jake Kubas. Uh, but we didn't just speak to them. There was also, um, I'm trying to remember, because we did eight interviews for the post game. It was a lot to, a lot to pull off. But I know Cam Miller spoke. Uh, we got some from Gavin uh, Zbarth, um, which I did know correctly. It is Zbarth, not Zybarth, so I made <laughs> sure to get that right. But um, it, was, it was good to get that perspective. But, but the first jump of the moment to get – a hundred yard kickoff return touchdown to start the game. And you could see the energy. You could see them go nuts. And I, and it was both questions, both to Luke being like, what was that feeling like getting that down? And he told me that he said that it was, um, it was like a dream and he was upset at himself almost that he was like, Oh, that would have been so cool if that happened. I can't believe like, why would like, he almost was like mad at himself for teasing himself, but that was real. And then he was like, Oh my God, that actually happened. So uh great quote. And then the press are talking about that, but it was just, that moment to set that tone and then ends on the other end being like, you're just down like that. And the response by NDSU to go down the field and get the touchdown, 26 yards, Cam Miller to the house, four and a half minute drive. It was very efficient, much faster than what we've seen NDSU do earlier in the year, especially with the South Dakota game. Like they got the motion going, but then UND went right back down the field, scored. And the biggest thing that UND did this whole game was that they – controlled the ground game to a degree that I had never seen North Dakota state get that controlled in that ground game where they ran. And I remember, cause we had a question asked about this in the press conference, there was a third down and nine in the second half. Still, it was a closer game at that point. And they ran a uh, run up the middle halfback dive 15 yard gain on a third and nine on a halfback dive. And it was a play like that, that summed up the game of, if you can just go straight up the middle 
with your running back and get that many yards and know that he's going to do it and have no doubt. And we even asked the players and we said, was there any fear in that play? Did you want to have a pass play? What was the thought process? And they all were like, no, we knew we were going to get the yards. And they were so just, we knew it. And it was that energy, I think, that was so big, especially in that ground game where, I mean, look at Zebarth, 18 carries, 156 yards and three touchdowns. And he's not the first running back to do this to North Dakota State this year. The, the, the ground game has, that's been the biggest issue that the Bison defense has faced. And we really thought early in the season that they had, you know, kind of, turned a corner on that uh, because last year that was the biggest thing too was missed tackles uh, misalignments in the run game and then early in the season we thought they'd conquer that but then obviously as we saw against North Dakota that's not the case and you know I I will be the first to admit I didn't think that we would see North Dakota beat NDSU in the foreseeable future just because of what we've seen from these teams historically I don't know if this is the same North Dakota team that we're used to seeing. I don't know if this is the same North Dakota State that, team that we're used to seeing. It, it really felt like kind of, I don't want to say a change in the guard. There's a ton of hyperbolic reactions on Twitter, of course. But it just really felt like a loss that we don't see from North Dakota State, especially with how much they dominated the run game. But was there, a, was there uh, I, I know you mentioned that, you know, uh, Cam immediately led the team down the field on a response drive, and it kind of felt like we'd seen that movie before. Uh, th- it brought back, you know, uh, <laughs> to a lesser uh, degree of a comeback incarnate word memories. Um, but yeah. <laughs> did, was there a point where you felt like, man, this isn't, they're not coming back in this one? The moment that I knew that I, I was like, this, this might be done. And it wasn't the touchdown to make it 49 17. It wasn't that. The moment that I knew it, was when after that Zbarth touchdown, because that was 14 to 7, then it was 21 7. It started getting out of control, but then the second quarter came around. North Dakota State went down the field, should have got a touchdown, but got stopped, got a field goal. Then they scored on a great play call from Miller to Stuffle, which was, I think, the only uh, touchdown. Yeah, it was the only touchdown passed by Miller. Uh, Cole Payton had one uh, late game in garbage time. But then it was 21-17, 10 points in a row, and everybody was like, oh, boy. and that was where you could feel like this is where the comeback could happen. This is, We've seen this before. This is where it's coming. And then North Dakota goes all the way down the field and has one of the best play calls I've seen the whole season. It was when they had Quincy Vaughn out at tight end, Luke Skokna back in the Wildcat, and he backed up, and Vaughn ran in under center, and then there was a flag. And it was called, I think it was offsides on that play. So they reset, and they did the same thing again. Everybody crowded the box. Vaughn once again motioned in, took the snap, immediately turned around, tossed back behind him to Skokno, walked into the end zone. There wasn't anybody six yards around him. And it's that kind of play where I'm like, they know Quincy Vaughn's going to do that. He has this big body frame. He can get himself in the end zone. He's done it before. But mixing it up there when you needed to and having that kind of play to toss around and run it, that was the best thing you could have done. And that play showed off how good it was and showed the the biggest issue on the other side of the ball where NDSU has struggled with Cole Payton this year where everybody knows that he's just going to take the snap in the gun and right. run to the left or run to the right. And he gets stopped. And he's a great player and he's a great athlete. But when you know the game plan like that, the defense can adjust well. When they can adjust well, there's not much you can do. Well, and it felt like they'd been setting up that Quincy Vaughn play since the beginning of the season. I feel like half their touchdowns this year have been Quincy Vaughn one yard quarterback sneaks the Philadelphia Eagles special and then like you said yeah. they, they they line it up and just toss it out um 
But no, uh, Gavin Zebarth, like you mentioned, uh, just had a f- breakout performance, got named Missouri Valley Football Conference uh, Offensive Player of the Week. Luke Skokna got named uh, Kick Returner or a Special Teams Player of the Week, I believe. Um, obviously, when you set the tone like that in that big of a rivalry game. Uh, the Alaris Center was, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, sold out and very loud like they always are. What was it like being on the sideline for that kind of rivalry contest? Because I was there in 2021, the last time NDSU played up there. And I remember very vividly how loud and how packed it was. What was it like for you up there? Well, my watch was getting plenty of noise warnings. Uh, that was happening a, a whole lot. It was getting up to 95, 100. I saw in there. I don't know how accurate it is, but it was it was really loud, at least to my ears. But <laughs> it was um, it was one. And again, when you when you started off with the kick return touchdown, it's big enough. But it it, it was that kind of moment when you have that big game. You saw there was a which I got a funny shot of that was that was in the cast where there was a a, a could have been like a ten year old girl had this big like fake nickel trophy she held up, which if viewers don't know, or if you did remember, is an old trophy that was handed between the schools for decades that had uh, a Sioux tribesman on one side and a bison standing on the other. And it was the trophy given to each team for like, I mean, almost a hundred incredibly long time. And now it's it's been let's, retired. Let's bring back the nickel as well while we're at it. This the is our, trophy was awesome. This is yeah, our official call to... <laughs> to bring back the nickel. And even if it's 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 now a fighting hawk and a bison, either way, it's a fun. We love trophies. Trophies, trophies, <laughs> and robbery games are awesome. And so this girl held up this big thing, and and I think her dad was like putting her on her shoulders and held it up, and the camera went on them, and the crowd lost it. And when they rushed the field, she got held up with like the fake trophy, and we were all like taking videos. Their photographers were going nuts. Like it was, it was neat, but it was it was a crowd that it. And I mean, honestly, because the the streak of it is not that different, really. It was really a lot like that twins game that I was at, that I, I was at that wild card game where the twins finally beat the streak and, and beat Toronto on the wild card. And it was like a sense of relief, a little bit of sense of accomplishment, but it was different because the game was so easily won at the end of the day, final score. And again, I know it wasn't easy win, but more right. that it was the margin was so wide that it was like, it wasn't the fourth quarter was just sort of running the ball out. And it was very clear that the players were like, we could do this every game. We just didn't execute like we should have. And this is the standard that we should get. And if you look at what UND has next, Northern Iowa is going to be a serious challenge this weekend. Indiana State should be a very clean win. They're 0-6. Murray State should be a clean win. Even on the road, they're 2-4. and South Dakota, in the Dakota Dome, is going to be a massive game. Yeah, that that – Gosh, that might be for <laughs> I mean that might be that honestly that that game might mean more and be a better game than South Dakota State, North Dakota State, which I never would have thought that preseason, but it might both be bigger in every sense. And then they host Illinois State to end the season, which that game um uh should be pretty decent too. Illinois State's a solid team. So they still have a hard schedule left. Yes. And they gotta win at least a couple of those in there. I mean, two I would say minimum of those five games you got to win three if you win four or five i mean god well they win five they, they get a seed i mean they, right. <laughs> if they win five games they get a playoff seed but <laughs> that that's a big thing obviously the teams aren't going to be focusing on this one but we will be and the fans will be yes. playoff seeds moving forward now the bison need every win they can get north dakota is now playing to last year they looked like a team that could host a playoff game and then they got sent to weaver state they're that that the reasoning, <laughs> the reasoning for that is still up in the air. But, uh, it, no, the, the, this looks like a team that's going to be hosting a playoff game. And it's probably going to be a team that doesn't have to play in the opening week of the playoffs, which is 
rare air for North Dakota. So th- this is an exciting time for UND. They do, like you mentioned, have to finish out the schedule. And now North Dakota State, they're in, uh, uh, they're also in a situation where they have to win every game. And their schedule coming up, they have to go. They get Western Illinois and Murray State coming up, which which helps. But then they're at South Dakota State and Brookings. And South Dakota State, have, I believe they've won 22 consecutive games. I don't know what more I need to say. They will be, they will be heavy favorites. <laughs> yes, yes. And then hosting Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois has had uh, an, an incredibly stout defense at times throughout the years. And as we've proven, that's sometimes the kryptonite for North Dakota State. And then closing the year at the, at, uh, uh, the Unidome in, at UNI. It's a tough end of the schedule for North Dakota State. And now they're in a situation where they have to win every game. And so it, we'll, we'll see where yeah. both teams go from here. Um, we're going to hear from uh, Jack. I know you mentioned Coach Bubba Schweiger's postgame press conference. I'm going to go ahead and plug that in here right now just so everyone can get just kind of a gist of the emotion after the game, uh, certainly a highlight of the week. And then we'll also hear from uh, head coach Matt Entz as the Bison prepare for uh, the upcoming week. That's what this game is about for the people that came before. And, and uh, yeah, it's about the current guys too, but it means so much to our university and I know as I cr- travel across the state, I have a lot of, you know, North Dakota State graduates that are friends of mine and and they wanted to see the game too. So it, it's just being in this league is really awesome for us because I think it really challenges us and it's the right spot for us. So when teams score first, we have a tough time recovering from that. And we feel like we're on our heels a little bit. So we need to find out what's causing that, why we're why we're playing passive, you know, what happens to our confidence when uh, an opponent scores first? How can we emulate that part of the game or that situation of the game? Uh, and it needs to be, you know, more urgency. I don't think we played very well at, at any three levels. Um, of course, you know, with, with how we're accustomed to playing and, and kind of how we pride ourselves, uh, I anticipate, you know, we want to play better up front. We have a, a lot of depth up there. We have some veteran presence, um, guys who played a lot of football last year, all, all back. Uh, guys who got banged up last year are back now too. So uh, we, we, we need to play better up front. So we'll see how our football teams move on after this week. North Dakota is looking to keep their hot streak alive as they hit the road to Northern Iowa. Not an easy game there. Uh, North Dakota State getting ready to host Western Illinois. I'm not going to call that an easy game, but it is less of a test. We'll put it that way. Um, we're going to shift a little bit here. We're going to stay in Grand Forks, and I'm going to keep Jack around because uh, you went to North Dakota Hockey this Saturday, and UND Hockey already has a trophy this year. They won the, uh, the Icebreaker Tournament. They split hosting duties with Bemidji State. Uh, so Bemidji and uh, UND hosted Army and Wisconsin. UND playing Army in the first day and hosting Wisconsin in the second day. They beat Army 7-2 to two and then shut out Wisconsin for a 2 nothing win there. Uh, Jack, you were up there on Saturday. Uh, I imagine the, the crowd trend continued. I imagine the Ralph was just as popping as the Alara Center was. I was making the bet pregame to both games that the hockey crowd was going to be more rowdy than the football crowd, regardless of the result. And uh, shockingly, that still remained true. And that is no knock to football. That is just saying that as insane as that was, which was genuinely crazy, hockey is just as ridiculous, if not more. And this was one of those games where, I mean, now UND is 8-1-1 against Wisconsin in the last 10 meetings. Like, they've played this team very well, old WCHA rivals. We'd love and it. And I – They've played over 120 times. Did not know that, but it makes sense being in the conference for that long. But they have 
very long history, actually. And uh, obviously, I haven't played him in a, in a few years. But uh, but it was just – it's a clinical game. The defense was incredible. They had a lot of times where they stopped them. I mean, I was only able to be there for the first two periods. But just seeing how much they were clicking, how many you know transfers we saw about how the defensemen were brought in from both transfers and freshmen. There was a very new blue line team. And now that – that unit's been really re- reworked as well as goaltending. It's paying the dividends because you're getting these big plays in, these big moments in. I mean, Army was able to only score two goals, and yet it was a slow start in that first game, 1-1 into the first period. But then 4-0 to zero in the second, 2-1 North Dakota in the third when they were sort of coasting at the end. But it's sellout crowds. The energy is back, and you have this weekend – back-to-back games against Minnesota, which will be at the first one on Friday night, which, I, I mean, I can't even imagine how, first of all, how much tickets are. So thank goodness that I don't have to worry about that because I bet tickets are going to be, <laughs> and of course it's sold out. There's no way it's not sold out, but it's, it's like, I'm sure some, unbelievable. Guy, I'm sure some guy on oh Facebook marketplace will give you a really good deal for some uh, $300. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, those games are going to be huge. Um, obviously Minnesota is a massive team to play. Of course, uh, UND fans remember fairly well about Minnesota's end of the season last year, uh, despite how obviously good of a season it was overall. But it, um, if there's a chance to really, really make a statement, when you have them at home, you don't have to worry about the ocean at Mariucci, which was a big thing last season, which they played well there. I mean, they, they did take a win in both overtime games. I mean, it, they didn't play poorly by any means. But if you can improve on that this year and then you got – the Mankato series, Boston on the road, which is really hard. That's going to be – might be the hardest series of the entire season. And then you go right into NCHC play. So if you if you can get a good chunk in these next few games, especially this next one, I mean, it, it is – they have a real deal schedule, real tough opponents. And to get something like this down would just be massive. They got to get some big points here. Well, uh, head coach Brad Berry has – made it very clear how much pride they take in their non-conference schedule, how important it is for them. Because when they're looking at seeds for the national tournament, uh, if UND makes it there, when they're looking for seeds, they they look at the entire body of work, and that includes the non-conference games. And that's one thing that does separate hockey from other sports like football where you can get some easy games out of the way at the beginning of the year in hockey you they, they look at the entire body of work and you have points on the pairwise standings towards it and so they take a lot of pride in that and so yeah there's going to be no rest going forward but i know we were talking a little bit about uh, the defense there obviously uh, ludwig pearson's having an incredible year between the pipes so far in two games but i mean offensively jackson blake with three points already or with three points uh, to open things up against army with two goals and an assist and then Reese Gaber uh, already has two goals on the season as well and an assist. So Reese Gaber is already becoming what we expected him to this year. The big thing for UND is we have to hope that they hold on to these guys before they go to their NHL teams. Uh, like they just have to hold That's on true. to them through a national tournament if they make it that far. But no, UND is looking very solid this year. We're looking forward to seeing them on Friday. Jack, you ready for another trip to the Ralph? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the the one thing that because I'm trying to look into like what is sort of the next step UND has to do. Uh, it was a surprising amount. I mean, I, I was saying with it before we were airing, but about the chippiness of the game yeah. and the kind of getting into it a little bit, and it went a little bit. And again, I'm no expert, but a little bit far because there was a surprisingly large amount of 
penalties getting racked up against UND and the the penalty minutes for Wisconsin were up. And again, power play defense was spectacular. North, obviously Wisconsin didn't get a goal in despite having a lot of penalty minutes. And in fact, the first North Dakota goal was a shorty. So they scored off of it. So it's like, which of course is just ridiculous, but it's, but even with that, when you're looking at teams like Minnesota, when you look at teams like Mankato, Boston, these are teams you can't give up that many penalty minutes to. And so it's that kind of thing is, I don't even want to, I don't want to say discipline, but it's just more maybe picking and choosing the battles a little more, knowing when to get those big hits or not, and when to be more careful with the stick. Cause those, those kind of games, when you get later against those big opponents, you just can't surrender that against. And I think they're, they're learning and figuring out again, it's a newer unit, but that's sort of one thing that you can look at where if they end up dropping one of the Minnesota games or both, which would, I wouldn't think would happen, but if, if, if that would, I think that's kind of the number one thing I can look at and be like, okay, that's something you got to kind of get more down. Uh, Jack, I'm going to go ahead and move on. Thank you for joining me for some stuff that you were at this weekend. And uh, yeah, enjoy your weekend. Stop letting me bug you. I will indeed. Making some pancakes this well afternoon now, but nice. <laughs> counts as breakfast. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it, if it's your first meal of the day, it's breakfast. Those are the rules. Hot takes here. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. Thank you very much. Of course. See ya. All right, checking in with our other college teams now before we move on to talk about some high school stuff. Um, MSUM football, a massive win at home for their homecoming. Uh, they defeated Sioux Falls 53-40. to If you had the over in that game, uh, I think... I think it's safe to say you covered 93 combined points there. Um, and then the Concordia Cobbers also scoring a ton of points against Hamlin in their homing contest last homecoming contest last Saturday. So big wins for our D2 and 3 college football teams. MSUM now sitting at 4-3 and three on the year and 3-3 three and three in conference play. Not bad. Concordia also 3-3 three and three and 2-2 two and two in the conference. So both teams sitting pretty steady as we get towards the back half of the season. Believe it or not, only four games left for MSUM and checking in with Concordia only three left there we'll see what happens with Mayak championship weekend but there's only three games on the schedule thus far all right now looking at the high school level now uh, we had a state soccer championship being held this weekend out in Bismarck uh, Fargo Shanley winning their first uh, state title in soccer since 2008 a two to one win over Bismarck legacy uh, sophomore Andrew Schneider netted the game winner in the 60th minute so a big win there for Fargo Shanley. Uh, This was a team that we were at plenty of games for this year. They finished with one loss on the season, a couple of ties as well, but they were only defeated once, and it was uh, the third to last game of the season. So, And then, of course, obviously, an undefeated tournament run. So a big season for Shanley. A fun story on that uh, uh, Shanley soccer team is goalkeeper Matt Berg. He's actually a member of the Shanley football team, which is undefeated and the top team of the 3A level. He uh, was taking this year off from uh, uh, soccer to focus exclusively on kicking for football. And then Shanley's goaltender goes down, they need somebody, and there's Matt. And so he left the undefeated football team to go win a state championship real quick for soccer, and now he's back to playing football. So we'll see where that goes. Speaking of football, we're going to check in at all of our levels right now. It's playoff week for our single A and nine-man levels. 3A and 2A still have one more week left, but let's look at where things stand right now. Shanley, like I mentioned, still undefeated, still the class of the 3A football world. Uh, They're coming off of a big win 
or Mandan last weekend. So uh, uh, they're 8-0 and in the season right now, a 3-0 and in the East. Cheyenne um, falling down to 6-2 and overall. They suffered a loss to Bismarck on their home turf, a rare home loss for Cheyenne, especially at this point of the year. Over in the AA level, Fargo North still undefeated. They defeated West Fargo on Friday night, a 3A team, to move to 8-0 and on the year. They're 6-0 and in the East. So that's pictures starting to become a little bit more clear but one picture that's extremely clear is class a and nine man we have the full bracket now for our class a teams uh velva drake and moose garrison grabbing the number one overall seed kindred the number two seed langton area edmore munich finished the year undefeated as well the three seed and dickinson trinity rounding things out at the fourth seed we're going to go ahead and just look at the eastern teams right now uh kindred going up against harvey wells county at home in their playoff opener they will play the winner of oaks at carrington a very intriguing matchup there between region one and two uh Langdon area Edmore Munich and ready to host Lisbon. That one's very fun on paper as well. And then Central Cass looking for another run to the Fargo Dome like they did last year. It starts when they host Cavalier in the opening round. Cavalier, of course, moving up from the nine-man level this year. Their first year back at the Class A level, they made it back to the playoffs. So we'll see how this all shakes out, but this is what its uh, playoff bracket is looking like for the Class A level. Like I said, the, the uh, matchups that jump out to me on paper, um, Central Cass hosting Cavalier, uh, Langdon area, Munich hosting Lisbon, and Carrington hosting Oaks. And we're going to check in at the nine-man bracket as well. Sargent County grabbing the number one overall seed. They were, of course, undefeated last year. I think all of the seeded teams in nine-man and Class A finished the year unbeaten. Um, the other seeds for nine-man, New Rockford Cheyenne grabbing the two seed, South Border with the three seed, and then West Hope, Newburg, Glenburg at the fourth seed. Those playoff games for Class A and nine-man start on Saturday. They'll be played Saturday afternoon, and that's why we don't have Friday Night Live anymore, because games are switching to Saturday. Some other big games that we have coming up for our 3A and 2A teams. Uh, some big matchups on Thursday. Shanley heading to St. Mary's, West Fargo going to Minot, and Cheyenne going to Mandan. Century and Bismarck also play each other for any of our viewers out west, and Davies has to make another trip out to Bismarck. They play Bismarck Legacy. Jamestown getting ready to take on Fargo North in a state championship rematch at the 2A level. Watford City hosting the red-hot Horace Hawks. Horace defeated Jamestown, the defending state champions, in a big win last weekend. And then Grand Forks Central hosting Devils Lake and Red River hosting Dickinson. Fargo South also looking to play host to Valley City. We're looking forward to the playoffs for North Dakota high school football, but we had a very fun story to tell on the Minnesota side of the river. Valley News Live sports reporter Jack Wallace went up to East Grand Forks to meet one of the more brave and hardworking individuals we've ever spotlighted here on Valley News Live Sports. A young man who fled the Congo with his family after his father was kidnapped, making waves on the East Grand Forks football team. Valley News Live Sports reporter Jack Wallace brings us more from East Grand Forks. <laughs> Just give him a hug. This laughter is commonplace for East Grand Forks football practices as long as Messi is here. They support me. They always have my back when I need them. I was there when I need them. Messi Kalinda comes to the sport and Minnesota both from the Congo after his father was kidnapped. The family fled the country and moved to Mexico, then Minneapolis, and now East Grand Forks, where he and his mother have been for the last two years. I'm not going to lie, it was hard. It was very really hard. 
like to show the first game practice and uh, trying to do everything, uh, everything the coaches say. And so since I wasn't able to listen what they were talking about, just trying to uh, do the same thing my teammates are doing. <laughs> so for practice today. Football more came to Messi than the other way around. Head coach Ryan Kosowski seeing his 6'2", 250-pound frame in the school's hallway last year and knowing that he was built for the gridiron grind despite never playing the sport growing up. I can tell you after that first day, like we have a connection because he told me that I want you to join the football team. He, he wanted me to play and I want to try to. His enthusiasm paid off, starting football this season and becoming a difference maker on both sides of the ball almost immediately. I mean, I've been playing football my whole life and I've never seen someone just adapt to the game so fast like him. It was quite shocking trying to see him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's not just a big kid. He moves well and, uh, you know, he's able to, to make plays out there, which is exciting. And uh, just, just a guy that other teams have to account for, both offensively and defensively. So, you know, really uh, makes a difference when he's on the field for us. Whether it's his family and supporters in the stands or his newfound family on the field, Messi feels right at home at EGF. My mom can say that she's, she's always there when I need her. If I'm able to be in the schools thanks to her, she has to do everything so I can uh, be in school, be able to play sport. I just try to make my teammates happy to have a good practice and everything. With the Green Wave in East Grand Forks. Jack Wallace, Valley News Live Sports. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Valley News Live Sports Overtime. We'll be back on Monday with more and more content like we always have. We're always going to be able to deep dive into the stuff going on around us. So stay tuned for that. And also be sure to stay tuned to Valley News Live for more stories and highlights. We have a loaded week of action this week. And then, of course, our website, valleynewslive.com. If you miss any of it, you can see it on the sports tab of valleynewslive.com. For now, we'll see you on TV.